And now, rate that album, season three, with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming, two guys who know stuff. Hi, welcome back to Rate That Album, back and forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my good friend, Paul Muadib. Paul, we're going straight to hell. <sighs> yes, yes we are, and ain't nothing slowing me down, so you better get me one more round. Yes, uh, this is kind of, uh, today's album is kind of our first uh, official, I would say, country album. We've dabbled in it with Ween and the Black Lips. Those were a little more tongue-in-cheek-ish. Uh, this week we're going to basically what is considered country music royalty, the Williams family. Uh, the grandson of Hank Williams, the son of Hank Williams Jr. We're talking about Hank Williams the Third. Paul, I know this isn't typically your wheelhouse, and I know you struggle with country music, but let's kind of get your first thoughts on Straight to Hell. So, yeah, um, you know, it, it. I mean, I will say, <laughs> I will say that, uh, first of all, um, I got back up a little bit. It was hard for me to find the, what I would consider the real version of this album, by the way, on the music things that I have, I found that apparently there's a clean and an explicit version. Yep. And the clean version I learned is missing like two songs. Well, yeah. And I think we could pretty much deduce. But <laughs> yeah. Which ones those were. And, <laughs> and, um, it was, I will say that as someone who's not a country fan, I, I've always said, I'm, I, and there's a lot to talk about with this album. I don't want to give too much away in the early on, but I would, I was very impressed with this style of country. Let me put it that way. Yeah. This is kind of more, uh, oddly enough, this feels more like traditional, country music than when this came out where country music was at mm -hmm. especially 2006 and that's a generally a theme that's on this album so let me get in a little history of the williams family hank williams senior uh he was you know he's considered the first superstar of country music uh lived a hell raising kind of life uh to the point he was on so many prescription drugs and consuming so much alcohol he not only did he get uh, banned from the Grand Old Opry, he died at the age of 29. Wait, which one was this now? Hank, Hank Sr. Hank Sr. Okay, Hank Sr. Okay. Hank Sr. Okay. His son, Hank Jr., I believe, uh, after the, when he got to a certain age, his mom would dress him up in cowboy regalia and have him sing his dad's music. That's kind of how Hank Jr.'s career started. Kind of a fucked up way to yeah. you know and then hank jr son hank williams the third uh shelton williams uh, he uh he's kind of of a different breed of the typical he's more of his grandfather than his dad okay to the point that if you look at pictures of hank senior and hank three it's it's eerie it's fucking right. eerie how much he resembles uh his grandfather I'm looking that up right now. Take a look, man. 
So senior, right? Hank Hank Williams senior, right? Yep. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That is eerie. Yeah, there is no question <laughs> if no. Hank Jr. was his dad. Uh, so Hank three grew up with the traditional country, but he also got a start in music with punk bands. That's punk awesome. and metal bands. And uh, he signs in the late 90s, early 2000s. He signs with a record company called Curb Records. Curb Records is typically traditional country stuff. Uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't rock the boat. It's Nashville. It's that whole scene. And Bay, Hank 3 is, again, much like his grandfather, hated it. He hated being on that label. He records two albums with with Curb. He doesn't really care for them. He records a third one called Hellbilly Joker that they would not release. <laughs> they release it after Straight to Hell because Straight to Hell is actually a hit for them. Against his wishes. They didn't even inform him that they were going to do it. Oh, wow. Okay. His relationship with Curb is bad. So when it comes to Straight to Hell... He does. He records it, and he pays for the recording himself. This is a completely do-it-yourself album, Paul. He did it with his at his buddy's house. Oh wow! You wouldn't he- expect that from the sound you get out of here. No, no. And Curb was, hears it, and the reason why you know there's the clean and they had to create an imprint for the dirty version of this called Bruck, which is just Curb backwards. And oh. so, but they won't use. So the clean version comes out on Curb Records that they can sell in Walmart. And the ver- the dirty version is Brooke. Uh, Hank is not happy that there's even a clean version of this. <laughs> so he has a very contentious relationship with this label, and it's all over this album. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Go on. So here we are with Straight to Hell, and it becomes kind of a... Kind of like it does pretty well, and it kind of surprises. It kind of shocks the country music establishment. Let's just say that because in two thousand six, I mean, you had pop music and countries. There's really no difference. You have like these idiots like Big and Rich, you know, same old kind of cowboy bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kid Rock starting to do country music. Oh, I hated that. Well, I hate Kid Rock in general. <laughs> well, Hank three addresses. <laughs> Kid Rock on this album a couple times. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this is kind of his middle finger to the establishment. This is the album he's always wanted to put, create, and he does it, and he's even said he doesn't think he will ever be able to top this again because it was just like a perfect storm of shit in his life, uh, the right people, the right time, and everything. So here we are with Straight to Hell, a very... Uh, I would say Gonzo country, too. This uh, yes, I will. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. This is very, uh, this is kind of like if Hunter S. Thompson did a country album. Y- yes. The excess and like the over the topness, the cartoonishness, the lines blurred of like what's really Hank's persona and like what's, you know. Real? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'd probably say. A lot of it's kind of a little bit real. Uh, the addiction. And the album is just like straight up hell raising. 
that ends like a lead balloon because it's like a, a very introspective ending that kind of rebu- refutes yeah. <laughs> all that comes before it. Uh-huh. Now, I got to ask you, I only got what I was able to listen to, which I'm finding out now is only disc one. Are okay. we also doing disc two? Because I did not get disc two. I didn't even well, know Well, disc two that. is, uh, we don't need to get into it. It's it's interesting if you want to listen to it. It's uh starts with a one track called Louisiana Stripes, very much like a, a Johnny Cash kind of murder ballad okay. type song. And then there's the hidden track, which is just this insane sound collage with songs and like, audio from funerals and just like water and it's just very uh revolution nine-ish i would say got it okay okay cool okay cool so um, yeah so let's uh so let's uh let's discuss this paul let's uh, yeah let's get into it this is a it's a wild album again but the williams family is uh they're very interesting <laughs> and Hank three is uh He's a little out there, man. He's this is not what you expect. Okay, so first getting into it, getting into the first songs, Satan is real, straight to hell. Um, you know, it I gotta say, one of the things that I was confused about with this album, because again, I know nothing about country, Joe. I have made it my life's goal to not know anything about country, and we're ruining that right now, which is fine. Which is fine. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. So, um, <laughs> you know, um, 41 years of saving myself from country. Um, no, um, so, like, when it's, I could not tell when this was recorded because it definitely didn't have a modern sound, like, st- not, not sound, but style. It didn't have that modern style to it. But then I heard things throughout it that I was like, no, this is, this is like either this is so far ahead of its time that, you know, that it's insane or this is more modern but made to sound like the old style and of course i figured out it was the latter um but when it starts with you know the opening of a very what i mean i remember going to my grandpa's house when i was like he he died when i was like eight and but i still have memories of going to his house and him always having country music on and so it opens with like this that style kind of like satan in his yeah, real <laughs> yeah a sample of the lovin brothers uh, yeah. satan is real which is also one of the most hilarious album covers if you can you can probably find it on a google search it's pretty hilarious but yeah and it's slowed down too okay yeah. I, I thought so i i mean it didn't sound right it didn't like it just sounds just like weird and then you get the demonic laugh, and I'm like, that's not country-esque. And then it goes into in it, it into what is I would consider it bluegrass, um, uh, more style country. It's it's weird. It's not like this is not a standard country album at all. And I was very happy for it. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I would argue, it, from what we grew up with, country. If you listen to like old, if you listen to like Hank. Uh, Hank Senior and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very much in tune with that kind of musically, with and with the bluegrass stuff, the the fiddles and all that, and like you know the the pedal steels and all that. But it's not done in a, a cheesy way, which kind of happens in the seventies, eighties. Yes, 90s. 
Yes. I mean, it definitely is reminiscent of, because my mother liked some of the older countries. My mom liked Johnny, Ca you know, the, the standards, yeah. Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson. She was a big fan of the Highwaymen, um, that style of country. And that had that more of a vibe to it, yeah. which is the country I can handle. Yeah, I am a huge uh, Johnny Cash fan. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I just, uh, before I got into Hank 3, like the only country I listened to was the Johnny Cash uh, stuff mm -hmm. and Willie Nelson. Yeah. Just because they're just kind of, you know, they're different. They don't sound like, you know, they're not. Nashville kind of ruined country. Oh, gosh, yeah. They and just they ruined it. It became such an industry and everybody's just chasing uh, whatever's popular at the time. And it got so slick and overproduced. And that's one of the things you keep hearing Hank 3 singing about on this album. Yes. How yes. much uh, away they've gone, gone, gone from the roots of country, which is very much, you know, it's music for people is very much in the line of folk and bluegrass. And I mean, Hank Sr., if you listen to his stuff, and this is kind of the surprising thing, and I don't think it's deceivingly complex in a lot of ways because he was very much in tune with jazz and creole and blues and bluegrass and all that. And he was a musical sponge. And that's where I kind of think Hank 3 gets it from. He's very much a musical sponge, too. <laughs> And so it's, he kind of goes to that because like, again, seventies, eighties, nineties, it becomes so slick and so overproduced. And like, by the time this album comes out, it's indistinguishable from pop top 40 pop radio. Yeah. And you know, I, I still think that's a trouble that that country has right now as well. And, you know, we, we, we talked about Taylor Swift a little bit, you know, how she got backlash for getting out of the country, but I don't blame her because it's, it, it I, I, I mean, I gotta, there's a lot of things going on lyrically in this album, and I just want to get it out of my head a little bit because I was thinking about it so much. I was like, wow, I never thought I'd relate with someone like Hank Williams III and so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, it's, it's shocking. That's kind of like what I went through when I first heard this. Like, just, I'll let you go. But my first, when I first heard this, I'm like, holy fuck, this is like country music I can enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God, I can relate with this guy. I I know what he's singing about. I know what he's doing. Now there 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 is a song that was difficult, and we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But outside of that, like, I was thinking to myself as I was listening to this because again, I wasn't sure. I, I'm so out of country. Like, I wasn't sure how old Hank Williams the third is, and when you know when this came out, and you know, I don't know anything about that world. So I really was trying to insulate myself from it and not learn anything and I most of them I learned but I really wanted to hear it from you and your point of view versus going like on on Wikipedia or something like that learning it there so I was really excited for it when we did this podcast but I was thinking to myself and uh you know we we, we get a little political and this album definitely has some political tones to it is I was thinking you know when the hell did country go from this because this is not far off from what the stuff Willie, Chris, you know, Johnny, and some of those older country people was about not being bootlickers and like being, you know, going against society and giving it to the man and standing up to the law and standing up to things. And how did it go from that? And now this is coming back, and I love this to, you know, like get in line 
you know, hug the police, love your sheriff, which again, Dukes of Hazard was never about. <laughs> no, I mean, Waylon Jennings of all people did the theme song. <laughs> right, right. You know, Waylon's a lot, and he's mentioned on this album. <laughs> Waylon is mentioned on this album. So again, how did how did country go from being rebel music to compliant, uniformed, behave music? And that's the thing. I'm like, when did that distinction happen? And how the fuck did it happen? Because this is great. Honestly, this is great. And then you listen, as you said, Biggs and Rich and fucking Brad Paisley and blah, blah, blah. And I go, Jesus Christ, it's so watered down. It's so bland. How does anyone listen to this shit and not want to shoot themselves in the mouth? I don't get it because it's so difficult. I agree 100%. And I, my guess, my simple, the easy qu- answer to that would probably be just how Nashville became more of a money machine than an uh, artistic machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nashville was like, you know, Hank 3 had to battle them. And it's funny because after this comes out, there's, there's uh, country writer reporters and stuff, and they usually refer to before straight to hell and after straight to hell for modern country because this kind of opened the doors to like so now there are kind of some of these outlaw country guys oh, and good. like margot price and chris stapleton and stuff where they kind of have more of an edge to it they're not going to get as extreme as hank three mm-hmm. uh, hank three i mean this is this, this is out there he's yeah he's he's hunter s thompson with a fetish for satan yes <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, but it this album like a lot, it checks so many boxes off for people that it kind of rocked the industry. Yeah, I want I want I want to I want to bring up verse three here, which is when I'm racing these back rows trying to save my life because the sheriff wants to kill me because I fucked his wife. <laughs> I was on the run with a gun in my hand because I like a good time and a one night stand. When the f bomb dropped. I was blown away because, again, country has become so sterile and so far removed from the spirit of what it was in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s that when I heard this, I was like, whoa, I immediately thought this pissed off people in the country industry. Oh, it did. It, they were very like the, like the label is on like he had to finance and record it himself. This was a do it yourself production. And. It did. It rocked them a bit because it was, uh, it was just so. It did pretty well because a lot of people were kind of looking for something like this with regard to country music. There was just this huge void. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, in the '90s and into the 2000s, the only one who was really carrying this the the outlaw kind of torch is Johnny Cash, and he's on his, you know, he's on his way out. '80s, you yeah. know, <laughs> like if yep. he has Rick Rubin. And he's doing these really cool albums where he's covering Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden and yeah, yeah, Nick Cave and all this stuff. And you know he dies, but he he was like him and Willie were the only ones really carrying keeping this shit going. You know, like Willie's just a touring machine. Like I saw him live, and he's phenomenal. But you know mm-hmm. he's up there too. He's in his nineties now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and everyone thought Willie wouldn't make it because he was such a fucking pothead and whatever. And I fucking love Willie. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Willie's a, a wonderful stand. I mean, and again, I wish, I know it will never happen because it's so institutionalized now. But I 
would get back in the country and Nashville could get some of my money if they would go back to this spirit of country. Exactly. And yeah. again, this this kind of blew up because there was that void. There was this nothing was like this before. I mean, there was like some, you know, indie underground bands kind of doing some of this, but he Hank has the name. Yeah. You know, yeah. so he can like reach a wider audience. Again, he's uh, music royalty in mm-hmm. the country scene. And so he does this and it's fucking it floored me. And yeah, so he drops the F bomb and he's you know, the sheriff wants to kill me because I fucked his wife. Yeah. And it's like yeah. there's a lot of humor on it too. Yeah. We'll get to yeah. the one where I I loved he kind of flips the like uh my wife's leaving me because I'm drinking all the time. He flips it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. No, I, 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 I have to say, yeah, I was really, 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 really blown away by it. Um, so, um, yeah. And then we get thrown out of the bar. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, again, uh, you know, it's, it's a, again, he's just, uh, he's off the rails been beat up bad he's been kicked around he's been thrown every bar this damn town you know yep i've done so much trip i can't look in the eye you know as i was trying to find that ultimate high and he's hanging out with david allen cole and george jones yeah i talking about how country's lost its soul which he's a hundred percent right yeah and Uh, again these are the things i think really pissed off the establishment at but it was popular there's nothing they could have done about yeah, no, and I'm so, glad it did. <laughs> it did, yeah. And, yeah, so throwing out of the bar, like, I'll throw this on when I go to dive bars just because <laughs> they'll play, like, a lot of shitty music. And, like, so throwing out of the bar and straight to hell are my go-to now. Uh, I used to do Dick and Dixie, but uh, I don't anymore because of obvious uh, slur yes. on there. The obvious just, slur on there, yep, yep. Yeah, and I don't care for, so I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, throwing out of the bars, is, it's fun. And it's just like, it has this energy. And again, the production on this is wild for... For uh, for country, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely what I would consider psychedelic country. Yes. And I and I, I've, I I never thought I could be into that. Apparently, I'm just a fan of psychedelic in general because <laughs> of psychedelic music. I tend, no matter what genre it is, I'm into it. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I'm, I... I I cannot say that, you know, again, it's, I like it because again, I am getting that, that outlaw, that anti-establishment vibe from it. And yet you're still getting that country, that old country feel from it. So I think it's a wonderful juxtaposition. Yeah. And plus I like the, the musicianship on this is wild. (laughs) Yes. Just like, you know, like basically it's like bluegrass instrumentation, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you have the fiddles and, the, you know, all these different, like, shit going on. So it gives it, like, a much fuller sound, too. And so it, it does, it sounds retro, but, like, mo- beyond yeah. like, modern, you know? Yeah. Like it's- Do you think that's because it was done at his friend's house and not the studio? I think so. I think without people getting in their way, if you leave people to their own devices, I find they typically do better. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because you compare that to like again, uh, Iggy and the Stooges, where they destroyed the studio. Essentially, they tore down the studio and parts of it to get rid of some of that stuff so they could get that sound. 
and it worked really well. Like, I, I mean, I'm looking at that, looking at this, I mean, correlation isn't always causation, but when right now we have like kind of two data points of maybe people need to be getting out of the studios and making their music. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it was recorded in somebody's spare bedroom, but it. No, it doesn't at all. That's why when you told me that, I was shocked. <laughs> Uh, up next is things you do to me. <laughs> another, uh, another. It, there's a lot of substance abuse on this album. A lot of substance abuse and a lot of women problem. I mean, this there's definitely country in that regards. There's, there's a lot of drinking and there's a lot of women problem. <laughs> but it, it doesn't feel insincere. No, there's a difference. A lot of modern country, you're like, eh, I don't see that. You know, like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that never happened to you. But I can picture, you know. Things you do to me, where I can see Hank three in a bar, like, well, I better take this shot before I get I get myself in trouble. When you hear a watered down, overly produced, voc, um, you know, obvious auto tune uh, fixing or correction, uh, a vo- vocal correction on a country song that's supposed to be slow and thoughtful, and talking about, you know, you got the pretty boy country guy who you know is a closet rapist in high school. Um, singing about how this girl broke his heart and blah blah blah. I do not get the sincerity. No, there is no sincerity there. I'm I'm checked out. I'm fucking checked out. No, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, and it's you know there's a sincerity here, and so I, I told you about this before. Like we talked a little bit before this, but I saw I saw Hank three live at First Avenue on this tour. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to like talk about it because it, it's a it was a weird mix. All right, there was like weird hipsters, metalheads, and like old country fans, and like bikers, and like this weird mix. Weird. The opening band is the Murder Junkies. The Murder Junkies were Gigi Allen's backup band. Jeez. If you don't know who Gigi Allen is. Uh. YouTube live performances, you'll you'll find out. Yeah, we got to get to Gigi Allen at some point. We really, <laughs> we will, we yeah. will. Yeah, and so they opened, and then Hank comes out and he does his. Uh, this is basically kind of him doing like his dad, his grandpa's music, and some songs off of his other albums. The next set is him with the Damn Band, which is the band that does Straight to Hell, and he does the Straight to Hell set. After the straight to hell stuff, he kind of tells everybody, like, look, if you're here for long necks and, you know, country music, I'm you're probably going to want to leave. Because <laughs> his third act is his metal band, Ass Jack. <laughs> now, Ass Jack. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, stop a fucking minute there, Joe. He has a metal band named Ass Jack. Yep, he has a metal band named Ass Jack. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. So Go that's on. that's the that's the third act of his live performances is Ass Jack. So we're at I'm at first Ave and Ass Jack hits the stage. Unbeknownst to me, it's Gigi Allen's birthday. Oh. So he invites the murder junkies on stage with Ass Jack. <laughs> do some Gigi Allen's tribute. Oh, no, 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 he didn't. Yes, he did. And uh, the lead singer of Ass Jack, uh, I don't know his name, but he was like really into it to the point he breaks a beer bottle and starts stabbing himself in the head and flinging blood onto the audience. <laughs> 
and in between songs, Hank Three is leaning over and pick pulling glass out of the guy's guy has a shaved head, so he's picking it off this guy's bald dome, making more blood come out. <laughs> oh my god! It was one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my life. That's phenomenal. So how did the rest of the audience handle it? Oh, they went wild. They oh, went did they? Wild. A lot of the hipsters left after the Murder Junkies set because it's the Murder Junkies. Um, mm-hmm. they, have, they have songs like I Want to Rape You and stuff. Um, yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, they kind of come back for the Hank sh- stuff. Like, it was weird because I think all, like, some of the older country fans, like they, they'd seen him enough to know that Ass Jack's not their thing. But some of the younger ones like really got into it. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look at me. Why why am I not listening to a band named Ass Jack? Oh, we'll get to Ass Jack. Paul. <laughs> that's yeah. another album that he uh he does, he released the Ass Jack album. You'll be surprised if you listen to it after this, and I suggest maybe because you might like it. He plays all the instruments, does all the vocals, and did all the production on it. The guy yeah. is fucking talented. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to check out Ass Jack tomorrow. Honestly, <laughs> I am. I am. I'm. I'm at. Yeah. I, again, it's a band name. It's a metal band named Ass Jack. Of yep. course, I'm yep. going to listen to it, Joe. Yeah. Well, he, he has a lot. He's weird. <laughs> and, like he played bass with Phil Anselmo and Superjoint Ritual. Like Hank Three has been like all over the map. Like on a couple albums he recorded after this, he has like Tom Waits and Les Claypool playing on his albums. It's fucking just, yeah, he's just, he's just one of those dudes, man. He's just one of those dudes. That's fantastic. But I kind of want to get that because we go into now Country Heroes, which is. uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I I love this song. I just love how it, I love the instrumentation. It slows it down and I really just enjoy it. You know, it's a pretty depressing song. Okay. When I first heard this song. I, I, I absolutely love this song. I absolutely love this song. I posted it in our, in our music group. Um, it is when the first time I heard it, I'm like, this is so Lynchian and you know, you made it in life, by the way, just a side note here, rabbit hole a little bit. When your last name is a fucking adjective, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you made it in life. When people are going, adding an in or to to your last name, um, it is Lynchian. And then the second time I heard it, um, I was just I happened to be at a you know, I was driving in an area. Um, I had like um, I was going up north, so there's not a lot of in between in the towns I'm going to because uh, it's pretty rural up there. And I just happened to be kind of where I was. And I look out and it's like a movie. And then when the song's playing, I'm like, holy shit, how has this song not been in a Tarantino film before? Because it also sounds very Tina Tarantino. Um, this song is um, truthfully a masterpiece. Um, it's a, uh, I love the psychedelic, you know, the way that he was doing some of those things, the notes he's hitting, how you're getting that weird um reverb and echo that's not standard on country and really not standard in even psychedelic music that's just barely warping the sound of the steel guitar I, my god it's yeah yeah absolutely i adore this song yeah it's just like again like 
the instrumentation again it's just it gives it such a full sound and mm-hmm. which is weird like is like you listen to the instrumentation and it matches his voice and he does not have a great singing voice but it fits fits him fits this it fits the whole package it's just yeah and, and when the and when the 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 drum on the guitar starts happening it I love that beat and how it works and what it does. And it's, it's, yeah, this is a, this is a phenomenal, yes, it's kind of a down song, but because it's about addiction, but my God, there's so much right about it that (laughs) I was, yeah, I, again, if more country was like this, I I would be on the mountains hyping it. Mm -hmm. Hank's giving me those high times. Cash is going to sing it. (laughs) Well, Yeah, you're getting wasted, just like my country heroes. Just like my country heroes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm drinking whiskey out of that glass. And if that ain't country, well, boys, you can kiss my ass. I want to hear the old songs, nothing of the new, because this might be the last time I'm gonna see you. Super dark, still putting in his hatred of the of the modern music and still keeping it fucking, you know, giving it that old country soul. I'm yeah. in. Yeah, it's so and, good. And speaking of that old country soul. We now go into D. Ray White, which I looked into because I didn't. I've never heard of this person before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me neither. But this is like this is a story song about you know this guy in uh, was it Southern Tennessee? Yeah, West Virginia, West way down West Virginia. Uh, so D. Ray White was a a mountain dancer, and uh, PBS did uh, quite a few like. Uh, documentaries on. I thought he might have been like some, you know, this is one of those times where I get a little nervous when you, they, <laughs> people start celebrating people from the South. I'm like, well, I better look into this, you know? Right, right, D- right. D. Ray White is actually a really interesting guy. He became famous for mountain dancing, which mountain dancing, from what I could tell, it's like a mix between flat foot and tap dancing. So Interesting. So today I was watching videos of this guy dancing. It's fucking wild. Like, he's really good. And, like, his family were was in it. D-Ray White gets shot in, like, I think 1985 from a, by a neighbor after a dispute with the neighbor and him and his kids. And I don't know what the connection to him and Hank, the Hank, Hank 3 is. Mm-hmm. I, Hank 3 is a really private guy. We'll kind of get to it after we get through the album because he's kind of he's kind of disappeared. Honestly, oh, has he? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But we'll okay. get to that at the end. He's kind of. He's still out there. Just there's a lot of weird stuff going on. But like D. Ray White's a this legitimate kind of like, uh, like folk hero in the South, and he's known for mountain dancing. So I, I have to say, I looked up just while we were talking. Did you know that there's a documentary that Johnny Knoxville co-produced about D. Ray White? I did not. Yeah, it's called The Wild and Wonderful Whites of White of West Virginia. Johnny Knoxville co-produced this and it's a documentary about the White family. I'll have to watch it cuz like I I get I watched like some YouTube clips of this and this guy's really fucking good. And <laughs> he's just like this old guy, this old like really tall old guy. He starts dancing. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's a Dick House project. It's a Dick House documentary <laughs> from 2009. <laughs> I never knew this came out. So yeah, this is something both you and I are going to have to watch. 
Yeah, but D. Ray White's a it's a story. It's a story. It's a story song. song. It's very much a story song. Yeah. But it, it so like now I know that I kind of like it more because now I know like before it's like oh god is this gonna be like one of those racist guys? <laughs> you know you kind of got to be a little careful. <laughs> you just never know. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful in country. You do. You gotta be careful in country. And I completely agree with you on that. Yep. Yeah. So yep. yeah. So I like this song. And <laughs> again, like I, D. Ray White, if you want to see some weird, like it's really talented dancing. It's I've never really never even heard of mountain dancing before. I started looking into it, but uh, check it out. And you might be surprised. Uh, yeah, I will check it out on YouTube for sure. Uh, six lowdown, which is. Uh, this again it has the highs and the lows on this album. Yep. Lowdown is one of those. Uh, I yeah. like this one as well. I liked this yep. one as well. I got more of that psychedelic vibe again from it. Yeah. Um, and I could definitely tell it was a fucking uh, addiction song. Uh, there's, there's a lot of that all over this album. Uh, I, I have a feeling that Hank Williams was going through some shit when he was doing this well, album. I think when this album came out, like it made some people nervous. Because of how young his grandfather died, because oh. of addiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very vicious thing. But as far as I know, Hank's still alive. He survived it. But yeah, this is a good. This is a. But it's starting to show the cracks a bit in the addiction with the depression. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because you know, drifting around about half past four with the blues on my back and a bottle on the floor, drinking until I think I'm going to fall down because my sweet baby had to kick me low down. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there, I'm struggling now to get, uh, to get by my friend. It's keeping me up real late at night and there's massive depression yeah. on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, and I, like, again, I don't know a whole lot about Hank's, uh, real life, yep. but I imagine some of this has got to be a little autobiographical. I think so. It just doesn't come out of nowhere. I, I, you know, the, the way, I mean, just, and I could be, it could be really, 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 really slick marketing or whatever, but, um, uh, I, I get the vibe that he comes from that old school. God, what is that? And I always fuck it up. There's this style of music that was really, really big down in Mexico and it kind of got adopted and became part of the early country. And it was these autobiographical songs Yeah. that. And you know what I'm talking about, yeah, I know right? Exactly. I and I don't, what called, yeah. I forget what it's called. It starts with a B, but um, I think. Pretty much how Hank Sr.'s kind of stuff got. Like I shared that song, Angel of Death, with you, which is kind yes. of like, almost like he's predicting his death. His own death, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that was a great song, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Hank 3 covered that with Glenn Danzig at a concert. Stanton <laughs> Dan, it all comes back to Dan Marison, dude. Dan Marison with Stanton LaVey, Anton LaVey's uh, son. Jesus Christ. Again, how, going into his interest with Satan. <laughs> how are we, like, how is all the stuff that we're listening to, like, just so, like, incestuous? It's weird. It's weird, Joe. <laughs> it like we the, pick the most out there, like, we pick the most random albums when we do these podcasts, and yet we're always like, how does that link up to that? What the fuck's happening here? Yeah, I never <laughs> thought this mortal coil would link up with Big Star, but there we were. There we were. And how the fuck does Hank Williams 3 have any right linking up with Dan Marison? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> or Gigi Allen, for fuck's sake. Oh, God. I think it's a lot with this punk background. Yeah. Growing up. Uh, so that's probably, but yeah, it's 
it's wild. Like the circles you would find with Hank three. Uh, next is another one I'd play at the bar a lot because when I, I wanted to fuck people up. It's pills I took. A cover from uh, Them Poor Bastards, I believe. Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah, I love this song. I love this song. Uh, I've been away for six weeks straight. It must have been them pills I, I took. <laughs> I've been pitching and turning and seeing villains. Must have been the pills I took. <laughs> <laughs> There's blood on the carpet and holes in the wall. <laughs> the mirror's this is a very much a uh, Hunter S. Thompson issue. Yes. guy reminds me of that. After the adrenochrome part and fear loathing in Las Vegas. 100%. I've lied and I've stolen and I ain't fucking joking. Must have been those pills I took. <laughs> and again, they drops the F-bomb and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, all right. Yeah, it wasn't just one time. <laughs> nope, nope. Yeah, this is a this is a fun song. It's a... <laughs> and then it, and then it, then the ending of the song is reminiscent of Mr. Bungle to me, um, mm-hmm. where it's... Him on a fucking uh, ventilator. Ventilator, yeah. It ends with him on a which is again how how that sample and there's some sampling throughout this album, but that's the most jarring sample I've ever heard on a country album. It shouldn't work on paper. <laughs> it shouldn't work, and it works wonderfully because yeah, it's a pretty tragic end. It's basically mm-hmm. a guy hopped up on pills and fucking died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they sure make him feel good. <laughs> uh, continuing the addiction is smoking, smoking wine. <laughs> This is another. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Yeah. This is another yep. addiction oh. song. Another addiction song where he's a hellbilly. He's a hillbilly hellraiser trying to kill my time. He's looking for that girl about five foot ten and he's going down that road of living a sin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that living a sin with that woman brings us to my drinking problem. <laughs> my drinking problem. All right, Joe, you start with your vibe on my drinking problem and I'll talk about my vibe on it. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is uh, flipping the the st- the you know uh, you know I drank so much and my woman left me. This guy is like he's drinking because he can't stand the person he's with. Mm-hmm. Normally, though, you and I both know addiction. Normally, uh, that's just used as an excuse. Yes, it's used as an excuse. Here, it's just more of a kind of a novelty one-off. I'd hope. Yes, I, wouldn't actually, I think he's smart enough to know that that's not the, <laughs> you know, it's just like, but it's just the way it starts. And he's like, if she would have stayed another minute, I would have drank myself to death. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's a, definitely a catch 22 going on in this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a catch 22 going on here. Um, I will admit, uh, you know, it was a little difficult me at first because it reminded me so much of my old man who was a chronic alcohol, uh, alcoholic and blame all the other reasons of why he was drinking and he wouldn't be drinking if he didn't have all these other problems. Um, so it was kind of reminiscent of that, but overall I can put that aside and see the humor, right? Like I, I'm not I, I that. Think- and I think he knows enough about addiction that he mm-hmm. knows that the narrator in here is the asshole. Is the asshole. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. No, I, a hundred percent. You could, yeah. You, there, you're not rooting for, you're like, yeah, this guy's kind of a dick, especially when the song keeps going. Mm-hmm. Like basically she's the reason he's out drinking till past four in the morning. Like, yeah, now, it, now it's just kind of like, you just have a drinking problem, pal. She's not it. Yeah. No, ab- no, I'm with you on that, Joe. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, 
Next, we get his crazed <laughs> This is a wild. This is, like, this is a, kind of a story song. Uh huh. <laughs> this is like you know. I know I brought fear and loathing up before, but this is fear and loathing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or we came with Dennis in the seventies. He's tripping on mescaline and drinking mushroom tea and smoking morphine and doing heroin. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, like it's it's <laughs> you know it kind of. It progresses, and I think that's kind of the point, because as the songs progress, the addiction gets worse. Yep. Yeah. It's oh. almost a concept album like that to me. It, it definitely has a definitely has a theme to it, doesn't it? Yeah, because um, by the time we get to the last song, it shows that these things that we're laughing and like, yeah, it's silly and it's crazy. Woo! It's not for like the... from. Uh, Hank is, three or the protagonist point of view. Point of view, right? Because you right. lose it all goes away in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean to get lines for, again. I was looking for a guy who had a mullet, no teeth, and I was tripping on some acid. A Latino gave to me. Hey, I was smoking <laughs> morphine till it knocked me on my feet. That I got some H from my old uncle Pete. Now I'm starting to feel like I might have OD'd. Oh my god! Like yeah. again, how are you getting that from a country song? Like yeah. drinking <laughs> mushroom tea, you know, smoking weed. Doing some boon country moonshine. But I Fucking think this, this is a thing. I think this is honestly an aspect of country music that has been often ignored. 100%. Is addiction. And it's not just booze. I mean, you look in the South, especially in the South, there's a lot of, you know, opioids, methamphetamines. Methamphetamines like, is a huge one in yeah. the South. Yep. Yeah. But opioids, we have mess too. opioids have devastated the South. Oh, absolutely. 100%. So, so, like, you know, the fact that he's even bringing it up is taboo. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I'm on 10 and I'm getting high. I hate being low and I like to drive my truck. Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> now we get the Dick and Dixie and the oh. back in country, Paul. It, yeah. Yeah. Boy. It wasn't um, for the one line. I would wasn't still love the- this song. The one line takes me out. I'm it glad does. it's not just you. Now, I got to say, again, I know people are going to, you know, say things like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. You know, these people. No, 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 no. I mean, I get it. But the yeah. problem is the way that it's being done is immediately I stopped caring about the protagonist. Yeah. And that's the problem. I mean, yeah. again, that one word from 2006, I get it. But the way it's said is yeah. not in a like you and I have kind of you know washed away things like with NWA and things like that. Where I think he really meant what he was saying on yeah. that one, and it feels like where, it at least. It yeah. feels like he's going after. It's a hard F. It's a hard yeah. It's a hard F. Like if they if I could get a version where that's just kind of bleeped out, mm-hmm. I would love this song again because there's other parts of the in this song that I fucking enjoy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And again, that's why I, I I struggle with this song because I'm like I agree with you on some of your things, but that one thing I don't. So it's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's cool and all, but man, we really need to have a discussion about the opening verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if can we talk about that? A, if this was sold friends? as a concept album and that's a character saying it, mm-hmm. that's a little different. But it, I don't get that from this. I just think it's him just being really pissed off. It's him being how modern country is rightfully so. Oh yeah, there's that one line I just I don't care for. Yep, yep, and it's right in the beginning. But I'm not gonna completely hate the album because of something like that. I'm just uh, 
absolutely adult not. enough to know that I can just skip this. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, when I was listening to it, because I had, you know, again, I always listen to things three times. By the third, first time, I was able to just kind of go whatever when it came up. Yep. It, still, it still graded me a little bit, but I'm like, whatever. I got to review it, so we're going to go through. And again, he's bringing up a lot of really good points here, and you can tell he's really – I mean, there's no question that he's pissed off at Nashville um, in this thing. And he's bringing up a lot of really good points, so I don't want to – manufactured down kissing ass on music row yes he's 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 fucking putting nashville on blast absolutely they say that i'm ill-mannered that i'm going to self-destruct but if you know what i'm thinking you'll know that country that pop country really sucks um and again i i want to point out that every the, the points that he's making are not diminished by him bringing up that word in the beginning the hard f no No, he's still yeah, his point still stands. His point it. still stands, and I agree with his points on yeah. those things. I like don't the, the manufacture town part. I believe is a dig at Kid Rock for being from uh, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, being replaced by these kids. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I think a Kid Rock. Yep, yeah. yep. So now yeah. we get to not everybody likes this, which has a more explicit Kid Rock dig. But so this is kind of uh, it. It acts like. Uh, Old timey country, the end of the show. Like we're wrapping up the show, kind of song. Not yep. everybody likes us. Uh, you know, good. Hello there, folks. How the hell are you doing? It's good to be in your local bar again. Yep. You know, it's kind of like wrapping it up. And, you know, he's a son of a son. It's kind of like he's talking. This is probably a pretty, the most, uh, I think, autobiographical song of his. Oh, yeah. On here. You know, uh, he remembers watching old Whalen when he was shooting a shotgun. Like, I believe that because, you know, his dad's Hank Jr. So Absolutely. I, I think he's, he probably knew some of these people at least. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite, but the favorite, and this is kind of what got, well, I'll kind of discuss it a bit. So, the, so we get to this, just so you know, so it's set in stone. Kid Rock don't come from where I come from. Yes, it's true. He's a Yank, but he's no son of Hank. And even if you thought so, goddamn, you're fucking dumb. So mm-hmm. around this time, Kid Rock's palling around with Hank Jr. Uh, and, uh-huh. you know, he's wearing the sunglasses and the stupid hat. So people were like, oh, it looks like an illegitimate son of uh, Hank Jr. And people started buying this rumor. Oh, God. So it kind of uh, irks Hank 3. But what really irks Hank 3 is then, you know, because he's friends with Hank Jr., Kid Rock thinks he can start talking, getting involved with their family struggles. So at one point, Kid Rock goes on, allegedly, I, re- I read this somewhere, it could be I like how you yeah, preface it with allegedly, we don't need to be getting... So allegedly, I, I just remember an interview uh, with Hank 3 talking about this. Allegedly, uh, Kid Rock went on his tour bus and tried to lecture him about treating his dad with more respect. There's a there was a very contentious relationship at the time between Junior and the third. Okay. Uh, and Kid Rock butted his nose in it. And I guess Hank 3 blew up and he said, get the fuck off my bus before I fucking kill you. Kid Rock turns around, sees the entourage, seedy biker guy. <laughs> it's like, it's a very <laughs> real, like, things got real real for Kid Rock very fast. Oh, wow. He bolts off the bus. That that sort of shit is why he really, at least around this time, I believe he just despised Kid Rock. 
Well, everyone should despise Kid Rock because well, Kid Rock is, is a piece of shit. Um, well, Kid Rock's co-opted genres of music that he had, he just had no part of the culture of, like first with hip hop. Yep. And then he's like this trailer trash, like Southern guy. He's from Detroit, Michigan. And he did, and he wasn't from the poor part of Detroit, Michigan. No, his dad either. was a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. Kid Rock is a manufactured marketing fuck all. Yeah. Yes, and that that kind of rubbed Hank three the wrong way, and mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I think, but certain people in the country seen uh, he never recovered from it because he got called out by the the grandson of Hank Williams. I mean, that's kind of yeah. When you yeah, I mean, you get called out, you get bold. Now, the one thing I have to I have to laugh at is when he's talking about the line of I I I hate um I don't want to hear that shit on the pop country music on 98.1 which is hilarious to me cuz in our hometown that was one of the biggest country stations in our hometown was 98.1 country 98.1 so he hit them like huh that's ironic well here's the thing too so and this is another legend thing but apparently I knew I heard it from three different people when I worked at CD warehouse and then uh, electric fetus is that his mom lives in uh, central Minnesota. No. Yeah. No. I don't know if it's true, but I, I, re- I, walk, I talked to a DJ from KVSC, and he's like, yeah, uh, what's her name? She lives north of, north of St. Cloud, like on a farm somewhere. I don't know if it's true, but uh, I heard from other people that, yeah, no, the Williams have family in central Minnesota. Weird. So that Weird. very much might be a direct reference to that's I very much could be Paul. I guess. I mean, I I'd I ask Hank, but again, we'll get to it. He's kind of vanished. Yeah, you know. I mean, maybe. I guess. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I I have a hard time believing it, but that's because you know we like to have our rumors here in Minnesota about shit like that. So I think every state does, or every city does. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna. I, I'm not gonna believe it till I hear it, um, per se. But I mean, good on her; she does. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's funny that it, if it was the '98 country that is in that central Minnesota area, um, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I just look her up. Gwen Yergain. Mm-hmm. Uh... You know, yeah, I don't know if it's gonna have where she's living. <laughs> You can find her at. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, again, if she is great, uh, if, if she's not, you know, whatever. It's not unsurprising. Like people know everywhere. So no, it's not unsurprising. It's not unsurprising at all. So uh, all right. So then the next one we get is this is the last one I listened to because again it yeah. was so hard to find this album that I didn't even know there was a second part of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Angel of Sin, which kind of uh, takes all like this recklessness we're hearing, and we all of a sudden we our narrator's alone. Yep. And uh, this is a pretty fucking dark song. Uh, it's because uh, Lord. I'm falling further day by day. The devil's moving in like he's going to stay. I tried my all to give her something true, but when you're loving an angel of sin, she'll never be there for you. Yes. The the angel of sin, the addiction, the partying. uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a reference to a specific, specific woman. 
I think it's a reference, the angel of sin, to his deeds. Yeah, his demons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my poor mm-hmm. heart broke the day you said goodbye. I cried and tried to drink myself nearly dry, which is, that's a pretty good song. Being alone is a is a pain that's hard to do when I'm laying here thinking of all the good times with you. Yeah, I mean, this. I feel like he's more singing about the good, when the, with addiction, the good times are before it grapples you. Yeah. Yep. A lot of addicts are trying to re re uh, re experience those good times, but the the I, I the you know the devil twist on that is they think they have to do more and more to regain that. So yep. yeah, it's a dark song. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a it, yeah. It's a very dark song. It's a very 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 dark song. Absolutely. Um, interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I mean. Uh, I I really yeah so I mean what's the aftermath Joe of this album the aftermath of straight to hell uh well let's I'll do the charts here yeah U.S. Billboard top country albums seventeen wow which is not bad for a DIY U.S. Billboard two hundred it hit seventy three come which is you know again for what this album is that's pretty good uh reception all music gave it four out of five there's a pure and soulful musical vision at the heart of straight to hell no matter how much hank three lashes out against the confines of current country music and messes with the form and that's what makes him most valuable as an outlaw there's a lot there's lots of long-haired dope smoking rednecks out there but not many that can tap into the sweet and dirty heart of american music the way hank three does that's spot on yeah (laughs) av club is a little more critical just because hank williams three is the scion of country music legends doesn't automatically excuse him from accusations of redneck exploitation a line that i can only imagine uh a white lib in chicago could come up with (laughs) oh boy oh boy yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is some exploitation, but again, it's it's done from a that's narrative. that's kind of the point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's the narrative. It's that's the point. You know, I, I'm sorry. When when I mean, let's be honest here. Would, would you say the same thing? I mean, would AV Club say the same thing about fucking Grindhouse and Planet Terror? I mean, that's that's the point. <laughs> the point. It's supposed to be exploitation. Um, uh, you know, you're exploiting something. Yes. So that's kind of it. It did, did, you know, there's, I'm not seeing any uh, sales, but I remember it did pretty well. It sold pretty well. Uh, Again, it knocked uh, country music on its ass a bit. (laughs) I remember some, like, even established country artists were pretty, some of them were kind of like, wow, this is really fucking good. You know, like, holy shit. Like, but, you know, they, they, you know, they're in the machine, so they can't do their version of it because even if they did it would be just as insincere yep as the shit they're doing now so yeah so after this hank three does uh two more albums for curb uh they're not as good as this uh he's said uh, like i said before he said he probably hard pressed to top this because this is just a lot of things he's going through at the time and it just is lightning in a bottle yeah uh curb continued releases a couple more albums uh, uh, that he has not approved of. 
Oh, interesting. 2013's like the last time he releases any new music he does. I remember it he released like four albums worth of music in 2013. Oh wow, okay. And then he goes radio silent. He does a couple he does a little tour. He hasn't toured no since like 2015, 2016 and he's just radio silent now. Uh he, this past year or the year before he closed up his online store. He's given a few messages here and there. He's like, yeah, I'll be out again. I'll be out again. I'm just, yeah. He was, he was, well, he was kicked off the ranch he was living on. He had to relocate. Uh, and that's just like, that's kind of like all anybody kind of knows. He's just got, he'll do like intermittent things here and there. He appeared on like a cover of Country Heroes by some metal band. And he's done like a video here and there. But like, he's really just kind of, Falling off the face of the planet. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Because there's he's really really talented in musically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, if he's hanging out with people like fucking Les Claypool and Tom Waits and you know all these other you know uh, uh, Stanton Levay and Les yeah Zig. <laughs> yeah 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 he's gotta he's gotta be kind of a cool fucking dude. <laughs> it seems like so. Like again, when I saw him in concert, it was wild because the concert alone was. Like, you know, I told you, it was it was crazy. And that concert got me, like, because I saw him singing Hank Sr. songs. That Because after I saw that, I went and got, like, a collection of Hank Williams Sr. music. And I fell in love with that. I never even thought of giving it a chance because it was like, oh, that's old music or whatever. And there's, like, a lot of good stuff there. But at the show, he st- stayed around and signed every autograph until people were done. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow, He's that's like, really cool. Really in tune with his fans. He would sit there, he would talk to them, listen to their, them tell stories and shit. He's just a cool guy. I interviewed his bass player for the college paper I was at. Uh, his bass player is Joe Buck. That was a weird experience, man. I'm not going to. I was in the St. Cloud City Hall parking lot in this Joe Buck's <coughs> giant trailer. <laughs> for almost two hours as he went on weird existential rants as he chain smoked <laughs> and it was great like just sitting there talking with that guy it was fucking amazing like the fact that he gave me that kind of time that's awesome the fact that he like he kept telling me he hates reporters and he doesn't read press that was pretty cool though like just sitting there and like you know i couldn't use all of it or whatever but like he had some really great stories one of them i believe I remember I kind of addiction came up. He was, he was at least then he was clean and sober. I don't, you know, I haven't followed him since I hope he is. He's, and he, I was talking about, cause like, you know, all the drug references on straight to hell. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, well, I, you know, I was messed up. And he's like, but I couldn't be in Hank three's band. If I was fucked up, he was like, Hank three would not let me play in his band. If I was still using. Oh, interesting. Okay. So like Hank three seems like a good guy who would be like watched out for, People he loved or respected. Interesting. Yeah, okay. that was just wild, though. It was, you know, Friday night in St. Cloud. <laughs> 10 Weird. o'clock, sitting in a... <laughs> wow. <laughs> then I walked with him from the from his, his trailer to get that spot all the way down to the rocks. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Back when the rocks is still around, fuck, I yep. remember the rocks. Right downtown, yeah, it was yep. wild. Yep. Yeah, he was a nice guy. He gave me a lot of time, and 
Yeah. That's fucking cool. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Joe, I guess, should we get to recommendations? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to recommendations. Paul, would you recommend Straight to Hell? I, 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 I yes. I don't know why I'm saying yet. Like, I shouldn't. Again, on on paper, on everything, on every fiber of my being, I should hate this. And I don't, and I can't, and that's weird. Um, and I, 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 you know, I'm not being, uh, again, I grew up, you know, we grew up where country was a big thing. And a lot of it was that modern country. And maybe we got glimpses here and there, the old, better bluegrass style like this type of thing. Um, there's a lot of things on this I enjoy. I enjoy the psychedelic. I enjoy the fusion of different genres that mix well with the country that you wouldn't think it would do. And the fact that it's not soulless, boring, watered down, bland country from insincere fuck-alls. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I completely yeah. recommend it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would too. Uh, just, uh, you know, the caveat with uh, you're offended by uh, language. Yeah. Uh, some of it, you, or addiction, stuff like that. If that's really not your thing, you probably won't like it. Uh, Dick and Dixie has the, has the slur in it, uh, you know. And the clean version doesn't have that song. If I'm because I no, found no, that it doesn't. It doesn't have that or Crazy Country Rebel. I wonder why it wouldn't have Crazy Country Rebel. <laughs> I, <laughs> gee, I wonder. <laughs> I mean, that whole song is fucked up. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, which is really again, it was a struggle. So YouTube Music does not have the explicit version on their YouTube Music. It just has the clean. So I had to dig and dig and dig, and I finally found a playlist that had the explicit versions of these songs but it was i didn't realize it was only one disc i didn't realize it was, you know I, so i never got to hear louisiana or the hidden track so yeah. that's unfortunate but yeah this was this was a, a, a difficult one to find which I, I i find odd considering how many people love this album yeah it, and it considering how popular it was i don't know i mean I have no idea why they would not have the official on YouTube music. Amazon music had the explicit version and the clean version. So, well, maybe I need to switch over to, to, well, ugh. that's another, that's, that's the probably reason why I have YouTube music is because I pay for YouTube premium. Cause I don't want ads. <laughs> so. Yeah. I just got rid of my YouTube premium and it's really testing me. Cause now I'm getting the ads again. Yeah. I'm getting really pissed off by them. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't think I could handle YouTube with the ads, to be honest with you. I don't think I'd watch it as much as I do if there's ads. I wish there was it's, a cheaper version where I didn't get the music. You know, like, if I could just get, like, the commercial free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let me pay you five bucks a month and get the commercials out of my fucking face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm with you on that. Um, So, Joe, what's going on with the Joe Down? Uh, we released the point break. Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. And I know I read it, but Joe, I would just want to hear what were your take? What was your overall general vibe on point break? Oh, it was entertaining. It was just the last third. I hated. Yeah. It just go, it just went off the rails uh, too much for me. You know, this, that movie. And I, again, I didn't want you to know too much before we talked you know, before you watched it and everything like that has some mythic, I mean, people, it's it's up there with Roadhouse as like a lot of people's favorite fucking movie. When they, and it's weird that it is. It's funny to me. Yeah, it has its moments like when they rob the bank. That's mm -hmm. hilarious. Like, and 
Patrick Swayze does a great villain because you like him. Yeah. So, yep. you know, so that works for me. It was just like the last part where, yeah, it was just, it was so stupid. It was easy. Goes off the rails. Yeah. yeah. Well, Joe, so I have um, some good news for, uh, for I, I think you'll enjoy. Um, so we have been getting a lot more um, listens on uh, at least the SoundCloud side of things. Um, we're averaging about 100 listens uh, about a week now. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, apparently we have a big following in Columbus, Ohio. So whoever's listening in Columbus, Ohio, thank you. <laughs> um, you're not the you're not the fan that 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 asked for the um for the review. Uh, we did the fan review, got feedback from the fan. The fan was very appreciative of our honesty of it, was not offended by our take on the album at all. Um, so you know, they were very much appreciated just the fact that we did it. Um, so I'm very, very thankful to that fan for bringing it to us and um, being able to understand that you know we were being in, uh, that our integrity was there to give an actual real review versus mm-hmm. something that you would just want. Um, but yeah, no, dude, we're getting um, the Columbus, Los Angeles, and Dublin are our top three cities. <laughs> That's random. That's ran- random as shit. Random as shit. All right, well, thank you, listeners. And- <laughs> Dublin, <laughs> Ireland, and LA, and Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> maybe, maybe, um, um, uh, Chappelle's listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Chappelle found us. I, like, I like those guys. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's that's right there. All right, Joe, do you want to ask me what we're doing next week? Paul, what are we doing next week? So, <clears throat> I wanted to do this review weeks ago, um, but we had other things that came up, and then the fan review and things like that. But I think it's time, um, both you and I, you know, uh, the the fire walk with me, um, thirty year came out. We recently lost um, this artist who is Julie Cruz. Um, who did a lot with Twin Peaks. And I think this is one of those rare instances where you and I both know a lot about this person, you more than me per se, but we're both very much so we can we can discuss, I think, uh, more at length about, about the artist. So we're going to do Julie Cruz's second album, The Voice of Love. Nice. Yes. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So <clears throat> for those of you that aren't familiar with Julie Cruz, it's... Uh, avoiding the term Lynchian because maybe you don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, I think it's sure. been in the public sphere long enough. I, I, most, so. I, I most people, if they're listening to this, they'll probably know what Lynchian is. Yeah, um, but you know, I, I, I dream pop. At the end of the day, I think that's her major genre is dream pop. Um, so yes, Joe, that's what we're going to be doing is the Voice of Love by Julie Cruz. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, fuck, man. Um, so, other than that, I, I don't have a whole hell more. A lot. This was an awesome review, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it was a great album. Um, I'm always enjoy hearing things. You know, I, if you would have said to me before we did this review, you're gonna, I'm gonna give you a country album and you're gonna like it. <laughs> I've been like, fuck you, dude. I'm, you know. I, I've been on this planet for several decades at this point, and you can kiss my ass because I don't like country at all. And, you know, minus, again, the ones we talked about, which transcend country. Yeah. And, yeah. and 
here it is, like one of the most country things out there. And <laughs> yet it's got that modern sensibility in terms of, I get reverb and echoes and psychedelic added to country music should not work on paper. And it's phenomenal. So thank you, Joe, for making me listen to that. I appreciate that. You're welcome, pal. (laughs) You got me. All right, Joe. Do you want to take us out? No. This has been Rate That Album with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming. Thank you for listening.